This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden, and this is The Leader. London's big return to the workplace and public transport is continuing apace after Covid restrictions were lifted. How are you feeling about that? Stressed out at the prospect of the sardine tin commute? Well, you won't be alone. So how can we better cope with the everyday challenges that fuel anxiety? How can we get to our destination mentally in one piece? And what's the best way to cope with being around all those strangers again? But first, here's how the good people of Kensington High Street are feeling. Now that I can move, it's better. There's still the issue of a lot of people, but I'm dealing pretty good with that. I just have to take deep breaths when I'm around a big crowd. I'm feeling really good. I'm comfortable again. I've been going out a bit more, going to like bars, clubs with friends and stuff, interacting a bit more now. I'm feeling okay. The first few months was terrible. I thought I was going to have a breakdown with it. It was really, really bad. And then we decided we're too old to worry about it and just carry on as usual. Luckily, we've got an expert right here for you. We're joined on the line from southwest London by Talia Ely, Professor of Developmental Behavioural Genetics at King's College London's Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience. Professor Ely's an authority on environmental factors affecting anxiety. So how do you define anxiety? Anxiety is something that everybody experiences. It's that sense of feeling uncomfortable when you're in a situation of threat. And it's a normal response to threat that everybody experiences. When anxiety becomes clinically significant, so when there's clinical anxiety, it's because it has become so severe that it's impacting on your ability to engage in normal daily life activities. That might be because you're so busy worrying that you can't think about anything else, or you're so fearful of a specific situation that you can't engage in that environment, or perhaps you can't even leave your home. There's quite a wide array of different expressions of anxiety, but they all have either this worry or fear as really what's at the heart of them, which I think we all understand and experience. It's just that individuals with anxiety disorders experience that to a much stronger degree uh, in a way that uh, makes it difficult for them to undergo their normal lives. And are there physical symptoms? Absolutely. So one of the most common physical signs of anxiety is in your stomach. Uh, So a lot of people feel stomach discomfort along with anxiety. Some people feel chest pain along with anxiety. So chronic chest pain and chronic stomach pain are sometimes examined for many years and then eventually put down to anxiety. Um, Chest pain is particularly common in panic attacks. 
So panic attacks are when somebody is suddenly very unexpectedly overwhelmed with a sense of anxiety. They're completely rigid with fear. And usually the heart beats very fast at that time. And some people think that they're experiencing a heart attack. And and so panic attack and heart attack can feel somewhat similar and obviously are very, very physical experiences. Another perhaps slightly more unusual one is a sense of dissociation of sort of things not being quite real and feeling a little bit separated from everybody else. What's your view on how the pandemic has affected people's anxiety? I think it's had different impacts on different people. So I think everybody had a state of heightened anxiety when it first began because we were all in this very unexpected situation of uncertainty. And then I think as it played out, different things have happened with different people. So for some people for whom engaging in a kind of busy, active daily life with work and commuting and things, but people who find that quite anxiety provoking and have to really steel themselves to do that every day, then staying at home and working remotely probably felt a bit of a relief and they might even have had a slight reduction in anxiety. The flip side of that being that now that we're all needing to go back to thinking about working and thinking about commuting, those challenges might feel a little bit harder than they used to because you've got out of the habit of coping with that difficult experience. So I think there's a group for whom actually being at home has reduced their anxiety. What would be some of these typical worries and do you have any tips on dealing with them, particularly on public transport? So obviously the main one is going to be to do with risk of catching COVID. That's clearly a new source of environmental threat for people, something that people are worried about that could lead to or exacerbate pre-existing anxiety. And I think with regard to that, the the advice that the government, not just our government, all the governments have been giving a sensible hygiene, so wearing a face mask, ideally one of the FP2 face masks which give a higher level of protection and being very careful about uh, hand hygiene before and after going on public transport if you're on public transport and somebody's sitting near you that's not in a face mask it's completely okay to then get up and move to a different part of that transport to be able to sit a little bit further away and I think the main thing is to try and keep in mind the likely level of risk that you're at. And if you're somebody that finds that hard and feels that any level of risk is overwhelming, then the most helpful thing to do can be to talk to peers that are in the same sort of situation as you and hear what their perception of the level of risk is. And and that can help. And finally, what helps available if you're struggling with anxious feelings? One of the questions that interests me the most is trying to get better at working out what the right treatment is for any one individual. You could go down the route of taking medication. You could go down the route of psychological treatment but even within each of those two groups there's lots of different options they're all approximately 50 percent successful the most strongly evidence-based psychological treatment at present is cognitive behavior therapy and the cognitive part means your thinking patterns and so somebody with anxiety will tend to have unusual thinking patterns where they're overly focused on threat They maybe interpret things that others would see as neutral or ambiguous, as threatening. They pay more attention to things that they think might be threatening. And they find it difficult to let go of thoughts that are about threatening experiences or things that they're generally worried about. And so there's a mechanism called cognitive restructuring, where individuals are taught to challenge their thoughts and to try and neutralise them. The behavioural part relates to encouraging people to engage in behaviours that confront their fears. 
So, for example, somebody who is anxious about social situations, if you avoid them endlessly, they tend to end up feeling more and more frightening. Whereas if you confront them and engage in them, then you can slowly overcome your fear of them and learn that actually, while you might find it unpleasant on some levels, you might get sweaty hands and a horrible feeling in your stomach, you realise you can actually cope with it and get through it. And alongside those two, you'd be taught uh, sort of coping strategies, perhaps to do with focusing on your breath or other forms of relaxation that you can use at times of heightened stress. On the flip side, what are some of the benefits about getting back into the swing of things IRL? Humans are very social animals. For lots of people, human contact and human interaction is just essential to their general well-being. So that might not be anxiety specifically, but just avoiding feeling low as well as feeling worried or anxious or isolated or lonely. All of these things are going to have been exacerbated, particularly for individuals who live alone or live in poor accommodation that makes it difficult to be comfortable staying at home all day. And so for anybody, I think it is better to be in regular social contact with others. It brings us energy. It brings new ideas. It lifts us out of our own mindset. It distracts us and being taken out of your own mind is one of the most helpful things with anxiety. It can be very difficult to stop the sort of repetitions of negative thought patterns that you get into, for example, ongoing worry that you just can't seem to escape from. And having another person there talking to you, expecting you to respond, communicating with you can often be the most helpful thing in terms of getting you out of your own worries and moving your thoughts to somewhere else. And so if you are an individual that is experiencing anxiety, even though it might feel challenging to leave your house and start commuting again and cope with the possibility of there being COVID in the train carriage that you're in, actually the benefit of the human interaction that you're going to get at the end of that journey, I'm absolutely certain that weighs weighs in almost all cases. So I think most people will be surprised how much they enjoy and appreciate a wider range of social interactions than we've had to get used to in the last couple of years. There's lots more news and features in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back with a special edition on Friday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.